0: You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 89. In this episode, I'm speaking to Lana Slafer on self-mastery beyond success. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, uplevel your marketing and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Lana Slaver, who helps female entrepreneurs master their life. This is beyond manifesting things and success in your life, but about being truly aligned with who you are and feeling good about yourself, no matter what you have or don't have in life and business. You'll find links to Lana and show notes of this episode by going to sigrun.com forward slash 89. I am very excited to be here with Lana Schlafer, who is a dear friend and, yeah, you could call a mastermind buddy. And it's very interesting how we kind of finally met in life. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Lana. Thank you for being here. I'm so, so happy to be here. (laughs) So I want to tell us a little story about how we kind of met up. I was on the way to social media marketing world. i 'd f- uh, flown into Los Angeles and I had to drive this two, ou- two or three hours, depending on traffic, to San Diego. And then you said, well, why not come and have lunch with me? And there you were, and you had invited Sarah Greer that I didn't know at all. And suddenly we had this little mastermind, and we started to stay in touch. And we have met up a few times after that. And it's been really amazing how you go from being Facebook friends to real friends and mastermind together. So it's been, a, and it's actually funny that how all of our businesses have grown massively since that first meeting. So yeah. I would love to go back. Uh, you know, the topic is self-mastery beyond success. I love that topic, Lana. And thank you for bringing up that, you know, people like us that kind of have achieved so much in so short time. And the question is, what's next? Or do we feel yeah. happy? <laughs> so, yeah. but how have you come to this? Because you were actually all about manifesting for a long time. I'm still about manifesting. I just feel like there is a deeper
1: understanding that manifesting isn't about stuff. It's Mm -hmm. about actually creating and molding a life that's custom tailored for your greatest joy. And satisfaction and that's far that's a real goal right and so i feel like it's important to recognize that yeah as an immigrant when i came to this country at 12 and i worked really hard to live this american dream and it was important for me to achieve a certain level of self-efficacy and accomplishments and All of these external things that in the end didn't make me happy on the inside. And that was maybe the biggest disappointment I've ever had in my life. Disappointment is the understatement of a lifetime. It it led me to the brink of suicide, really, because I was at the height of what I thought was success. I was working at Citigroup and investment banking. I was dating this great guy. I was on the outside. Finally, after all these years of working so hard, living what I thought was the dream. But it didn't feel like it. I was just as miserable. I had like a raging eating disorder. I just hated myself and my life. And I felt stuck. And that was the most powerless feeling that I've ever had. And that's when I realized, okay, the outside stuff isn't going to actually create an inner change. And it was really hard to walk away from focusing on the external stuff and refocus on the mindset and the healing the psychological the emotional healing but i'm so glad i did because i feel like in the end it's led me to have the outer success even more of it than i ever imagined but now from a place of true satisfaction and being able to receive the success and enjoy it right so i feel like self-mastery is really like the purpose of life Like, why else would you want to do anything, right? Whatever your purpose, whatever your passion, whatever your way of making sense of life, don't you want it to get better and better and better? I mean, why else do anything that you do, right? So I feel like it's a conversation that's way deeper than just manifesting the six figures in your business or manifesting a book deal or a dream partner. Because guess what? You get that dream partner and then you got to deal with them, (laughs) That that's where the mastery is—is is being able to actually have the enjoyment, long-term enjoyment and satisfaction.
0: Yeah, it's like you know they have often this example of someone who wins the lottery. Yeah, and then they ask them a year later if they're you know any happier than they were before, and there's no change there's actually a negative change. And within five
1: years, statistically, I don't remember what it is, but something like 80% of the people actually in a worse financial situation than they were, and worse mental state, psychological state, because they created a lot of change really quickly that they couldn't integrate, that they couldn't receive, and they realized that that doesn't actually make you happy. And it's funny to listen to like Jim Carrey and Oprah and all these people have done these videos saying, well, the outer success doesn't matter. But you know what, I believe that it does. It's a step up the ladder so you know maslow's hierarchy of of actualization you do need food and shelter so let's not be talking to the people on the street you know that don't have the basic needs about mastery are you kidding you just need to move up on that ladder and then certain level of success within your own life is really important to achieve in any way that you know how to do it but what's beyond that because i promise you if you are fortunate enough to get to that point it's just as much of a dilemma as it was, you know, to get a roof over your head and to, to figure out how to be able to function in this world. And a lot of us feel really broken on the inside and our society doesn't allow for us to actually reveal the brokenness and honor it. And so we cover it up with a bunch of successes. We cover it up. You know, I, I have so many clients that are very high achievers and the things that we talk to about are like PTSD. And how sometimes they're rendered completely incapable of functioning and how much shame there is around that blame. And especially in the law of attraction spiritual world, it's like somehow somebody said that that's not a good thing to talk about. And a bunch of people do spiritual bypassing and just moving, ignoring this. And in my book. All emotions are there for a beautiful reason and a gift and that it's okay to have a full range of emotion and be a full human. And if Oprah and Tony Robbins and, and, you know, Marie Forley or whoever your heroes are, express that they are no different than they were 10 years ago or 20 years or 30 years ago. It's just that little by little, those one degree shifts have created more mastery, but they still feel sad and depressed and disappointed and like a failure at times. It's just that they've developed way more compassionate and more powerful, more more effective ways of embracing that.
0: Yeah. I was interesting when I, I watched the documentary, I'm Not Your Guru with Tony yeah. Robbins, to see his true motivation for doing what he does, it comes from some brokenness or vulnerability. Huh. A yeah. lot of brokenness. I mean, he basically said, I am compelled to do this as a way to make sense of my pain. Yeah. And that's fascinating when you don't realize. You always look just like the iceberg theory. You see the 10% yeah. of the top, yeah. you don't see yeah. what's going on there, underneath. But on look a, at what's going in our world? Yeah. Yeah, everything is coming to the surface. I mean, in in
1: the US, it's really, really coming to the surface, but really all over the world. And and most recently, at the time that we're recording this, there's all the the allegations in Hollywood and the Me Too movement and so much coming to the surface. And I use this phrase, and I've really used it for like five years, and I I, I don't think I've ever explained it. I I don't just talk about up-leveling and soaring. I've always used the phrase reveal, heal, and soar. And I believe that they happen in that order, that you've gotta to reveal to yourself your your shadows. And that's what allows you to move into the healing. They're really your portals a lot of times to the next level. And yes, you will soar, but don't be mistaken that that was your fuel. To get mm. you there you know and so to really again that's mastery it's it's beyond like the shiny object you know just the accomplishments and a bunch of you know successes that you collect this is to stand in the middle of your life and to say i am if not in gratitude at least in appreciation for not just the successes not just the kind people but the perpetrators and the pain in my life and the challenges in my life, they were all a part of me becoming who I am today. And I can stand in a place of power around it and a place of freedom where it doesn't hold me down or have the power you know, to trigger me and to, to bring me pain anymore. Because instead of running away from the pain, I ran into it and through it and it transformed me. And I'm a more compassionate and open and empowered person as a result.
0: Yeah, we, we talk about that two things could happen to two different people. Or let's say the same thing can happen to two different people. And one person kind of reacts in a positive way and takes all the good learnings and changes their life. And the other person takes it as a, oh, this happened to me, why me? And, and now everything yeah, is bad. Yeah, yeah. And the reason that happens is because
1: we have what the core beliefs, the best way that the analogy that I have, it's something that you while you were in the womb a lot of times was already being formed as like certain color glasses, right? So your environment shaped at how you perceive reality. And maybe you, see are wearing pink colored glasses. And so therefore, whatever you see has that hue in it. And you're able to see totally different things than somebody who's wearing gray colored glasses. And yes, a lot of it was done for us, meaning we stepped into it. I believe that from a bigger perspective, not our human perspective, we did choose our parents and our environment and our lessons and our pain and our abuse or or whatever we went through. But at some point, unconsciously, or largely not consciously during this lifetime, we've put on these glasses. What I'm here to remind people is, listen, just because you've worn it up until this point doesn't mean you have to keep wearing it. You get to choose. And yes, it is a small one-degree shift each day. It doesn't happen all overnight. It's like the story of, of a farmer lifting the calf over the fence every day, and he was lifting it every day, so by the end of a year, it was a full grown bull, but he was lifting it with the same ease that he had been lifting the calf because he did it every day. So I don't believe in these quantum leaps or these, even though I use the term quantum leap sometimes to mean a, a big growth spurt. The truth is, like those lottery winners, quantum leaps are frequently more destabilizing than beneficial. And the one degree changes, what you do today, how you talk to yourself today, the self care, the kindness you show to yourself and those around you today and tomorrow and then next day matters way more than some big, massive decisions that most people spend their life mulling over. Should I leave this job? Should I not? That's like, who cares? I want to swear, but I probably shouldn't. Who effing cares? Like, how are you making today a little better for yourself? How are you acknowledging what's happening? How are you healing it? How are you supporting yourself? Those decisions a lot of times will become really obvious and clear and the inspiration will flow and the support will show up if you do the work every day.
0: Hmm.
1: Do you feel this has to do with self-worth as well? A hundred percent. But self-worth is really one giant general description for the colored glasses that you wear. Right. And so I would say everything is about self-worth. And my definition of self-worth is a little different than most people, because to me, as I dive deeper and deeper and deeper, what I've seen is it comes down to one basic thing. I deserve to feel good. Hmm. And so many of us have normalized, just like in the Me Too movement, you posted something that really brought something in me and I shared. We've normalized ways of walking around in this world and being mistreated. We don't even think about it. It's like a tolerance to a level of resistance that we've just accepted. So yeah, as I step into more self-worth that becomes not tolerable. Not in a way where I have to fight it and push against it, but I'm just going to take action to respond to it and I'm going to not let it take me into a place of unworthiness because it has nowhere to sit on. That that button has nowhere to be pushed. There is no button to push anymore, right? That's the worthiness, is that you feel like my worthiness is not up for discussion. My goodness, my value, my my deservingness is not up for discussion no matter what I do or don't do. How you perceive it is your business, but I'm going to treat myself with the utmost care the way that I would treat a newborn baby or my lover or God, because I am that valuable. So to give yourself permission, which permission is so much of it, right? To actually feel worthy enough to do the things that bring you relief or support or pleasure or joy, the greatest kind of worthiness that I can imagine, And again, it's about elevating. It's the tide that lifts all boats. It's a lot of times it's not about leaving that marriage or doing, you know, those things help and they definitely matter. But it's the tide that lifts all boats little by little. You don't have to pull each boat out of the sinking sand. The tide will elevate it. That's why I believe in doing the kind of foundational alignment practices that aren't so glamorous every day. You know, a little meditation, a little visioning, a little gritting, a little journaling, a little healing sessions well you know I, I teach all of this in, in my academy but over time you lift the tide and all of a sudden all of those boats are lifted so I, I there's no area of my life currently that I look at that feels way off like my body feels amazing and I've had three kids and I'm in better shape than ever. And my relationship with my husband isn't perfect, but damn, it's good and getting better. And my kids are healthy and well and my financial state is good. But it's because the tide, I worked at a foundational level that allowed all of those areas to be lifted because I struggled for years with my body trying to hammer it in to a certain place. Like it didn't work to push enough against and to diet and do all this stuff that I did with through self-hatred. But the self worthiness piece was really the part that elevated everything, and that's really what what I focus on in my masterminds. You know, I do these these VIP mastermind events. They cost thousands of dollars because I give people an opportunity for a couple of days to experience the utmost worthiness it it transforms them at a core level once you've tasted it you can't go back you can't forget what you felt during 48 hours or whatever it was right you all of a sudden it's like you had a taste of being in charge of your life being a queen being empowered being totally capable and feeling possibility and yes there is a peak and then you have a few months of integrating that right it's not like for the rest of your life now you're at that peak but to be able to ride that wave and constantly up yourself upgrade your own vision of yourself and then upgrade your life that's what I call mastery is there is always more and I'm always taking it to the next level and I'm gonna have one heck of an enjoyable ride
0: doing it yeah it sounds like the wheel of life like you said your wheel is really turning And this is one of the exercises I give my clients as well in various programs to assess your real life. And it's often out of order. Yeah. But another topic that came to mind when you were describing self-worth and self-mastery, I see a lot of self-sabotage with uh, entrepreneurs. Well, particularly entrepreneurs, because that's where you see it. When somebody doesn't do something, even though they've been taught to do it, told to do it, they see somebody else do it. Yeah and they don't do it. They can't receive it. They are wearing the
1: colored glasses that prevent them from seeing it. And honestly, that's healthy to be totally to be to, like to really lay it out there, I'm not a proponent of doing something that you're not actually ready to do because it backfires. And a lot of times if you do end up heroically doing it and and doing the opposite of self-sabotage, what people think is like, well, I struggled, but I did it it doesn't have that satisfaction of truly being able to receive results. And that mixed vibration just manifests in all kinds of mixed results, like achieving the success, maybe financially, but having huge health crisis afterwards. That's not winning to me. That is not a, an equation that I feel like was a successful one, right? To achieve one thing and then to sink something that matters to you. The self-sabotage is about recognizing that there are always going to be desires and opportunities and visions that I am not currently a match for and that there is a gap between where I am and where I'd like to be. And that to propel myself forward at the greatest speed to get to close that gap is Not only ineffective, but it's also impossible because as soon as you get here, there's going to be the next level that is going to open up to you. So you're always going to be chasing the gap. The carrot is always going to be in front of you and you're never going to reach it like the donkey that's always moving forward. But what you can do is to learn to enjoy the gap to basically say, well, I don't feel like doing this right now and I have some upper limits Let me work through the upper limits before I take the action so that I'm actually aligned with what I do. So I can focus all my energy and intention and recognize that the inner work is the most important part of the outer work. So it's not just about putting a sales page together and putting this out in the world or whatever. I've got to prepare myself internally because what happens is like you compare a lemon and a mango right you take two clients and let's compare them to a lemon and a mango no matter how much how gently with how much love you're gonna gently press on the lemon all that's gonna come out is lemon juice and no matter how much you lovingly press on the mango, so you might say, Hey, get in this and do this. And you you want to motivate and inspire them. And for one client, they get more and more mango because that's the foundation that they've set up. And so they actually really propel forward. And for another client, there is that kind of what we call self-sabotage or resistance or upper limits or whatever. And That's an important part to work through. And that will take you to the next level. That is the next necessary step. And yes, then there will be other actions afterwards. But I really feel like it's that one step at a time that will get you to true success. Not trying to jump 10 steps and arrive there and be like, what the hell am I doing here?
0: (laughs) I totally agree with you. I see a lot of self-sabotage. And it's not about like pushing through like hard, hard, hard. But often. People don't see it as self-sabotage. They just are, you know, they're so distracted watching what everybody else is doing that they kind of sabotage it for themselves without seeing it as self-sabotage.
1: Well, it's such a great distraction strategy to care about what other people think. It completely takes you away. And and I say that with just but really, you know, again, without going too deep, but most of us have experienced some sort of trauma in our childhood or early adulthood. And some people learn to move out of their bodies and disconnect. Some people use distraction or addiction or whatever. So Those were our body's natural defenses that got us out of those really painful situations. And they were necessary and good and important. But now you might be ready for something else. And so I'm not blaming the fact that maybe paying attention to what other people are doing was necessary at one point to distract you from your own pain. But it won't serve you where you want to
0: go next. Yeah, that's very, very true. What do you say about... You talked a bit about the carrot and the goal setting. And I've seen especially those who are kind of launching and they're going to the next launch. And then, wow, this launch was smaller than my last launch. That's not supposed to be that way. And then all (laughs) these thoughts of like, and that's where you say, well, you you haven't done the self-mastery work yet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I actually just had this experience and you and I haven't really debriefed
1: about it, but I had this huge launch that was so successful. And then I had a launch that was way smaller and all kinds of things went, quote unquote, wrong during it. But this is when the tire hits the road. And when I sat down with my team, who maybe some of them were disappointed with the results, and there were a lot, like I ended up closing my Facebook group in the middle of the launch. There were all kinds of (laughs) adventures along the way. But I sat there with them and I said, I have no doubt that this was the next level of success for me. Because I realized that I had repeated something that I had outgrown and I did it honestly while I was already feeling some resistance. So let this be a lesson to me to make adjustments and to be totally honest, I've never done the same thing twice, and it doesn't work for me. And I feel like I finally, with this recent launch, admitted I am not a formulaic person. That's so freaking boring to me. Like, if you told me you can do this formula over and over again and you'll get one gazillion dollars, and I would be like, why? That that's not a satisfying way for me to 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 make money. Like, I want to actually feel the joy and the impact and be able to to really love what's happening. I in it for the game of it. You know what I mean? Uh, for the power, for the impact of it. And so that was a really great lesson for me to kind of sit with because at one point I felt like a failure. And then I thought, well, what does that mean? And it's true to some degree. Like I only achieved two thirds of the launch that I achieved the first one. So if you're looking at the numbers, I guess you could call it a failure. But that's not how I felt on the inside. And to be honest, it launched me to so much more that my whole program is changing now think like, It was what I, I didn't get what I wanted. This is what I always teach. I got what I needed. I got exactly what I needed. And mastery is being able to recognize it and celebrate it instead of being like, well, I didn't get what I wanted. Sit there and pout and hide and feel ashamed and all these things that people go through. There's just no need for that. I have no, you know, there's no shame around it. Like it didn't make me a worse person or make my materials any more powerful or impactful
0: It was a beautiful lesson that I've created for myself. Yeah. And that is a perfect ending to (laughs) a wonderful interview. No, that's you recognized it and that's the self-mastery. That's to recognize where you're at and just grow with it. And we see this happen all the time that people are kind of disappointed. They think success breeds success and you're going to have an... Maybe that's not supposed to happen that way. And maybe you're just supposed to learn another lesson.
1: Yeah. And I do think that if you look at life as a dance, that whole expression, once, you know, one step back, two steps forward, it's like, yeah, can you enjoy the dance of life? And just because I've mastered manifesting in my book, what I realize now, it's not that that my life goes exactly as I would expect or want it to. It's that I recognize that I'm always getting what I need and I can always receive the benefit and the gift and I'm open to the magic and the ways that it shows up. And that's certainly, it's like, you know, the words of Albert Einstein, you have two choices in life to live as if nothing is a miracle or everything is a miracle, and I feel like I decided everything's a miracle. And my life is a living proof. And I hope that your listeners will ponder on that from one of the greatest minds of, of our world and to be able to step into that and feel into that and do the inner work so that this can be your reality.
0: Thank you for being on the show, Lana. It's a pleasure as always. And we'll be catching up soon. Yes, thank you. Ready to turn your passion into profits? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to Sigrum.com forward slash 89. There, you'll also find links to Lana plus show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrum Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.